The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Welcome to Money for the Rest of Us. This is a personal finance show on money, how it works, how to invest, and how to live without worrying about it. I'm your host, David Stein. Today is episode 243. It's titled, Do You Have Enough to Retire? Fire Edition. Last August, I got an email from a publicist at Random House. She wanted to know if I'd be interested in interviewing legendary financial expert Susie Orman on my show. Susie was coming out of retirement to help a new generation of women take control of their finances. At least that's what the publicist said in her email. She had a book coming out, Orman, called Women and Money. It was a revised edition for 2018. It was tempting to do the interview, but I knew that if the publicist was contacting me, that Orman was going to be on a number of other personal finance shows. One of them turned out to be Afford Anything with host Paula Pant. It's a great show. I've been on that show. She asked her community, Paula did, what should I ask her? The response was, ask Susie what she thinks about the FIRE movement. The FIRE movement stands for Financially Independent Retire Early. There's a Reddit community for the FIRE movement with over 500,000 members. They say, this is a place for people who are or want to become financially independent, which means not having to work for money. Financial independence is closely related to the concept of early retirement, retire early, quitting your job or career, and pursuing other activities with your time. At its core, FIRE is about maximizing your savings rates through less spending and or higher income to achieve financial independence and have the freedom to retire early as fast as possible. That's the description on this particular Reddit community. So what did Susie say about the FIRE movement? Here's a response to Paula. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. And let me tell you why. As you get older, things happen. Not only do things happen when you get older, things happen when you are younger. You're hit by a car. You fall down on the ice, you get sick, you get cancer. Things happen. And if you don't have a significant amount of money, listen, if you have 20, 30, 50, or $100 million, be like me. You have that kind of money and you want to retire? Fine. But if you only have a few hundred thousand dollars or a million or $2 million, I'm here to tell you, I doubt highly that when you no longer have a paycheck coming in and you have invested that money, if a catastrophe happens, if something goes wrong, what are you going to do? You are going to burn up alive because you don't have the money to do it. She said later in the show, you need at least $5 million or $6 million. Really, you might need $10 million. Then she said, you can do it if you want to. I personally think it's the biggest mistake, financially speaking, 
you will ever, ever make in your lifetime. I think it's just ridiculous. You will get burned if you play with fire. Wow. Now, I retired seven years ago. I guess technically I'm part of the fire community. I had less than $2 million when I retired, and I'll never have anywhere near the the $10 million that she's talking about as a minimum. There's a surprising amount of controversy when it comes to the fire movement. A lot of millennials and, and Gen Xers want to retire early, and many of them retire with less than a million dollars. And there's pushback, in some extent, from the traditional financial community. Here's Mark Holbert. He's a journalist for Market Watch. He also publishes the Holbert Financial Digest. He wrote, The more fundamental problem is that the FIRE movement is irrelevant to almost all individuals and, as a consequence, is dangerous. Only a very small minority of individuals have sufficient assets to retire early at more than a subsistence level. So what good does the FIRE movement do to tell someone that they can retire at the age 40. It's akin to luring a young basketball player to drop out of school with visions of someday making it in the NBA. The net result, in virtually all cases, of course, is that the player will be worse off for the rest of his life. In that regard, I note that we're already seeing articles about the successful few who have retired early, complete with beautiful photos of the happy retirees lounging on a beach somewhere. My recommendation is not to even read those articles. Now, later, he says that he's not trying to discourage investors from spending less and saving more for the future and points out if the fire movement encourages that, then that's a good thing. But he's skeptical. That brought Mr. Money Mustache, Peter Adene, to write an article also for MarketWatch. He points out, quote, if you think there is even the slightest flaw with the ideas behind fire, you're probably just not understanding it correctly because the whole reason for doing any of this is to lead the happiest, most satisfying life you can possibly leave. That's kind of the core. It's to be able to lead a fulfilling life. And it doesn't mean that you never work again. He continues, early retirement means quitting any job that you wouldn't do for free, but then continuing right ahead with work and something that works for you, even when you don't need the money. He goes on, a fundamental truth in society is that most people are pretty bad at math. At the core, these fire ideas are simply about taking solid math, combining it with principles of human happiness, and then distilling it down to a list of simple tactics that will get you way ahead in all areas of life. The benefits go way beyond money. So what is the math? I talk a lot about, on this show, on Money for the Rest of Us Plus, about understanding the math and the emotion of investing. And we need to understand the math of early retirement. What does it take to be early retired and to stay early retired? Do you need $5 million? Can you do it for less than a million dollars? We need to understand the math. Mr. Ronnie Mustache shared the math in a post, one of his most popular posts from 2012, titled The Shockingly Simple Math of Early Retirement. He wrote, As soon as your income is enough to pay your living expenses, 
while leaving enough of the gains invested each year to keep up with inflation, you're ready to retire. You have to have enough income so that once you spend that money, you earn enough with the remaining amount to outpace inflation. Here's another way to put that. And here's how I look at it in terms of my portfolio. My net worth needs to grow each year by the rate of inflation after expenses. At the end of the year, I look at the inflation rate and I see, did my net worth grow after I took any spending out of my investments? Another way from a a formulaic standpoint is we're looking at something I talked about way back in episode 33, to retire early, mind the gap. And the formula is your after-tax investment return minus your spending rate, the percent that you're spending, minus inflation needs to be greater than zero. That's the gap. I'll give you an example. Let's say your after-tax return is 6.5%. And you spend 4% in that given year. 6.5% minus 4% is 2.5%. Then you back out inflation. If inflation happens to be 4% that year, then that equals negative 1.5%. That's a gap. That's a negative gap. We want that to be zero or positive to maintain our early retirement. So if you earn 6.5% after tax, you spend 4%, that equals 2.5%. So if inflation comes in at 2.5% or less, then your gap is zero or positive. And you won't run out of money if you can consistently earn that 6.5%. In fact, if you, you do the analysis, let's say your after-tax return is 5.5% and you spend 4%, subtract the 4% from the 5.5%, you get 1.5%. If inflation is 2.5%, then your gap is negative 1, which means over time, you're, you're eating into principal. And if, and if you go through, use the spreadsheet that I'll share with you, your money will last 43 years. And that's sort of a, a traditional retirement. Most retirees, if you retire at 60, 65, the assumption is that over time, you will eat into your principal balance. And the way that you eat into your principal balance is what you spend plus inflation is more than your earnings on the portfolio. You're taking some of the principal. And the idea with FIRE, the financial independence, early retirement community, is you don't do that. You don't touch principal. Not only do you not touch principal, but you need to grow your principal by the rate of inflation so that that allows your, your spending each year to increase by the rate of inflation. And so you kind of have to look at your nest egg and say, oh, here's what I have. If I have a certain spend rate, 3 to 4%, and generate some return above that, above inflation, is, is that doable? Is that return doable? Now, there's, there's a challenge with that. There's a book that just came out last month called Financial Freedom by Grant Sabatier. I heard him speak at FinCon, and I was interested in reading his book, and he, and he goes through some of this math for early retirement. 
but there was something that he wrote that caused me to pause a little bit. He wrote, one word of caution, stock market gains are not predictable or guaranteed. You should consider market conditions when you start to withdraw. The idea that this this simple formula, the mind the gap formula, assumes that you're going to earn that consistent return, be it 5 or 6%. But in order to get the, the higher returns to be able to spend 4%, you're primarily invested in the stock market. And as you know, the stock market can be very, very volatile. Grant continued in his book, if you can get through the first 10 years with your investment principle intact, and if you can live on a 4% withdrawal rate, your chance of success should be closer to 100%. Since after that 10-year period, your investment should have compounded enough that you can live off your returns forever. Of course, he goes on, a major economic collapse could decrease your chance of success slightly. So you should pay attention to the market and start to withdraw only once you've reached the point that you can do so without diminishing your principal. So the idea is you you can't touch the principal. But what about this concept that if there's a market loss, let's say major economic collapse like we had in 2008, where the stock market fell 59%. So that could decrease your chance slightly of not running out of money, of not facing retirement ruin. It's more than slightly if you get those type of losses. Before we look at why and go through some examples, let me pause and share some words from this week's sponsors. We have a brand new sponsor to our show. It's Yahoo Finance. Yahoo's been around for decades. My first email outside of work was a Yahoo email address. But the financial side, I've used on occasion primarily to get data for dividend histories for particular funds or ETFs. But I was pleasantly surprised to get back on Yahoo Finance to see how it's evolved over the years. Now it's really a financial dashboard where you can get an understanding of what's going on with the markets. There are relevant articles from Bloomberg, Reuters, the Associated Press, and the Yahoo Finance team. You can look at the economic events calendar and see which data series are being released that day and what the consensus is. You can see the pulse of the markets at any time by going to Yahoo Finance. In addition, you could see all of your investments in retirement accounts in one place. With Yahoo Finance, you get a consolidated view of multiple accounts. Yahoo Finance serves as a financial hub for your retirement accounts, but also comprehensive financial news and analysis. You need to check out Yahoo Finance, particularly if you haven't been there in a while. Check it out at yahoofinance.com. That's yahoofinance.com. If you've been using Mint to manage your finances, you know they shut down several months ago. Well, let me tell you about the budgeting solution, the financial tracking solution I've been using for the past number of months. It's Monarch Money. Monarch Money is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You can create custom budgets like I've done. You can set goals, collaborate with your partner. And now you can get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com David. 
What I like about Monarch is the ability to customize what I want to see. I have custom budget categories, and then I can go on to the dashboard and see where I'm above trend on some of my spending. I especially like that Monarch will never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. After trying Monarch myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com David. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash David for your extended 30-day free trial. I ran an analysis on Money for the Rest of Us. There's a spreadsheet. It's called Mind the Gap. If you're a member of my free insider's guide, you will have seen this spreadsheet. It allows you to model out how much you have invested, your spending rate, the rate of inflation, and the return. And you can kind of see what happens over time. Bob's a member of Money for the Rest of Us Plus. He took that spreadsheet, and he's way better at spreadsheets than I am. He modified it so you could actually see what would be the impact of a big loss down the road. Let's say in year 10, the stock market fell. 59%. And and that's important. We could be able to model that out. We can't just assume that, well, markets are volatile. So at some point there'll be a loss, but we'll make it up. Because in this spreadsheet, the way that you can do it, you can say, all right, what's the maximum drawdown? And what year did that occur? And how quickly does it recover? For example, suppose we start with a million dollar portfolio. Your initial spending rate is 4%. So $40,000 in the first year, and then you adjust that spending amount by the rate of inflation each year. We'll assume an annual inflation rate of 2.5% and an annual after-tax return of 6.5%. We do the mind the gap formula, 6.5% expected return minus a 4% spending rate equals 2.5% less the 2.5% inflation rate. And our gap is zero, which means we won't run out of money in that scenario. But if in year 20, let's say this is a 100% stock portfolio and there is an economic crisis and the stock market falls 59% and it takes five years for the market to recover, what happens then? Well, based on adjusting the spending amount by the rate of inflation, we'll have spent $64,000 that year. But the balance of the portfolio, by then it would have grown to $1.48 million. But given the 59% decline, its value would be cut to $583,000, which means that $64,000 spending rate, $64,000 spending amount, as a percent of that $1.5 million, is just over 4%. But as a percent of the $583,000, the new value after the market losses, Now the spending rate is 11.2%. Now the market eventually recovers within five years, but now instead of the money lasting into perpetuity, the money runs out in 39 years. That's what the loss in year 20. If that same loss, that 59% loss occurs in year 10, again, we're in a situation where you have a $1.2 million balance cut to $509,000. And the spending rate goes from just over 4% up to 10.7%. And in that case, because the loss is in year 10 versus 20, the money runs out in 30 years. 
If you're 30 and you retire with a million dollar portfolio and the money runs out in 30 years, you're only 60. Then what do you do? And I think there's a little bit to what, well, I don't know if Susie was really getting into that, those type of numbers. She was talking about big expenses that you just weren't prepared for. But the biggest expense in my mind, and there are solutions to this, is market losses, particularly if it's a very aggressive portfolio. If the numbers are dependent on getting equity-like returns and we get a major market loss. What year that occurs makes a difference. The, the further along you are in the path of retirement, you're 20, 30, it's easier to recover. In that first decade, it's much more difficult. Mr. Money Mustache writes that early retirement, the fire movement doesn't depend on a booming stock market. He wrote, I started this blog soon after the crash of 2009. Now we're in the boom of 2018. Another market crash of epic proportions is coming sometime, probably pretty soon. Our uninformed opponents think that fire-style early retirees are extra vulnerable to this. Now, the reality is all retirees are. But he goes on, it's just the opposite. We are on a safe island far above the choppy seas of the everyday economy. Because here is how it really works. We have low and easily controlled expenses. Remember, we got here precisely by being good at controlling our spending. So it, it could be if that scenario takes place, then instead of spending the, the $60,000, that's the inflation-adjusted original $40,000 amount, that you're able to cut spending. And as retirees, early retirees, we have that flexibility. We can adjust our spending. He also mentions, Mr. Money Mustache, even in the event of a permanent collapse, for example, the end of the U.S. or world economy, the fire practitioner would still come out ahead. Instead of focusing your energy on leasing BMWs or dressing yourself up fancy, you've learned to live happily and work on your skills, health, and friendships. It's a package that will make you wealthier in good times and bad times. And that's the most important component. The FIRE movement is based on this holistic approach. Next week, we'll talk more about this idea, do you have enough to retire? The one lever you have is what's enough in terms of the spending? And how do you reduce the amount that you're spending and still lead a fulfilling life? I mean, that's a completely different topic. This episode, we're focusing more on the numbers, the math behind early retirement. And the math is doable. Another example would be, and this is drawing from the model portfolios of Money for the Rest of Us Plus, what you can do to avoid sort of this, this catastrophic thing is, is get a lower rate of return. Be less aggressive in your investing and then spend a lower spending amount. If you can generate income, and that's part of most early retirees in the fire movement, eventually figure out how to make more money doing something they love. So what I do in terms of podcasting and, and other activities and so I, I'm not forced to be spending 4% of my portfolio. For example, so this is the moderate model portfolio money for the rest of us plus. It's 50% stocks and, and real estate investment trust, 50% fixed income. At least that's what it is currently. The expected return for that portfolio is 4.8%. And the maximum drawdown is, is 30%. So worst case scenario is a 30% drawdown. 
Well, let's take this example a little further then. So we have a portfolio with a, a 4.8% 10-year expected return, a spending rate of 3%. So if we assume inflation rate at 2.5%, then our gap is negative 0.7%. So we're, we're actually in this early retiree is spending more than the principal. Eventually, we'll be taking from principal, but a little more realistic in the latter years. But under that scenario, if you're able to earn 4.8%, the money would last 59 years, which is a long time. But the key is that 4.8%. If there's the maximum drawdown, because it, it has more fixed income, the drawdown's not as severe. It's about a 30% potential drawdown. And if that occurs somewhere between years 10 and 20, and it takes 19 months to recover, then the money will last 47 to 50 years, which is still reasonable if you're an early retiree. Now, I've modeled these out and I've given the scenarios. I want you to have access to this spreadsheet so you can, can model out your own scenarios. It's a fun spreadsheet to work with. If you're a member of my free insider's guide, you've already gotten it. If you want to become a member and, and get this spreadsheet, and the insider's guide is you get a free weekly email with that week's show notes, other valuable content, as well as an essay I do each week, material that's not shared on the podcast. You can sign up for that at moneyfortherestofus.com. Or if you're a U.S.-based listener, text the word SAVINGS, S-A-V-I-N-G-S, to the number 44222. Then you'll be able to get the spreadsheet, be able to model your own scenario, and see the impact of major market losses on a retirement portfolio. What else could we do, though? Certainly, we can invest differently. A lower expected return, lower risk portfolio. But we can also have different portfolio drivers. I met Mike and Lauren. They're YouTubers back in 2015, I believe, at FinCon. At the time, they had less than 10,000 subscribers on the YouTube channel. They were part of the FIRE community. They wanted to be financially independent, early retired by the age of 30. This past year, they accomplished it. But the way that they did this is they actually bought, he's pretty handy, Mike, does a lot of handiwork, but they bought a warehouse in Florida, refrigerated warehouse. They, they redid it. They released it, revalued it. And between their warehouse and different courses that they've put together, some of their ad revenue on YouTube, they've decided they're there. And they admit they're going to they're gonna work, but they're now able to do what they want. But it isn't a retirement dependent on the stock market, entirely on the stock market. I, I think it's risky to have your retirement numbers, your early retirement numbers, based on what the stock market do just because of the impact of potential market losses. We just don't know. And I thought about this recently in a book I've been reading. It's called The Desert Smells Like Rain. It's by Gary Paul Nabhan. He's a, he's a naturalist. He spent time among the Papago Native American tribes in southern Arizona back in the 60s. He wrote, a Sonoran desert village may receive five inches of rain one year and 15 the next. And I, I've seen this in Phoenix where we are. I've looked at year to year how much rain do we get. It is. Sometimes it's four inches, sometimes it's 13 inches. Nabhan goes on. A single storm may dump an inch and a half in the matter of an hour on one field and entirely skip another a few hours away. 
Dry spells lasting four months may be broken by a single torrential cloudburst, then resume again for several more months. Unseasonable storms and droughts during the customary rainy seasons are frequent enough to reduce patterns to chaos. The Papago have become so finely tuned to this unpredictability that it shapes the way they speak of rain. It has also ingrained itself deeply in the structure of their language. Linguist William Pilcher has observed that the Papago discuss events in terms of their probability of occurrence, avoiding any assumption that an event will happen for sure. Since few Papago are willing to confirm that something will happen until it does, an element of surprise becomes part of almost everything. Nothing is ever really cut and dried. When rains do come, they're a gift, a windfall, a lucky break. In fact, the, the, the linguist William Pilcher says it, it, he still, the time, wasn't sure exactly how close a storm needs to be to the Papago before they would say, it looks like it's going to rain on us. And, and that's what early retirement is like. We don't know what the market conditions will be. Now, the way I invest is to try to adapt portfolios based on that, take advantage of the opportunities, reduce risk when there's a high risk of a bear market. But it's subjective. You do your best. Better to have multiple portfolio drivers, some private rent on something is a great thing. But it's all probabilities. We just don't know. And so we need to not be dependent on a certainty of the stock market to be early retired. And, and I, I think most early retirees recognize that. I mean, looking at when I retired in my mid-40s, just the thought of decades of this portfolio has to last can make you fearful, and you have to take one year at a time. And that's what I did, one year at a time. What did I earn this year? Did my net worth increase above the rate of inflation? That I, I can somewhat control. Returns make a difference, but also the, the rate of spending. And deciding what is enough. What is enough to be spent? And we'll look at that next week in episode 244. This is episode 243. Do you have enough to retire? I mentioned again, show notes of money for the rest of us.com. Why there? Sign up for that insider's guide. You'll get that spreadsheet that I mentioned. And everything I shared with you in this episode has been for general education. I'm not considered your specific risk situation. I've not provided investment advice, simply general education of money, investing, and the economy. Have a great week. <laughs>